And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. This is Paulina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. A little over a year ago, I received an email from the Felstein Society in New York. The Felstein Society is named after a Ukrainian town called Felstein, which today is Hvardiske, in the Dnipropetrovsk Oblast near the city of Dnipro. The Felstein Society was founded as a benevolent society in 1905 in New York City to help Jewish immigrants from the Pale of Settlement, Galicia, and elsewhere in Eastern Europe. After a brutal pogrom in February of 1919, in which some 600 Jewish Felsteiners were massacred, the society provided refuge and relief to the survivors. Over the years, the society evolved according to the needs of its community. The society is small now, but still active. Today it is working to preserve the memory of its members and the events that they survived, in the hope that it will cultivate greater understanding and prevent a repeat of past atrocities. In February, they organized a worldwide candlelighting ceremony on the 100th anniversary of the pogrom on February 16th. The community of Havardiske, where the shtetl of Felstein once existed, played a large role in that event. The Felstein Society is also organizing a commemorative conference in April. Last week, I managed to catch up with the president of the Felstein Society, Alan Bernstein, to get the details. So, Alan, we last spoke in November, and you had some really exciting news about making contact with the Catholic Church in Felstein, now Varadiske. Yes. Yeah, now Father Peter at St. Wojciech Parish, who was planning yes. to have his congregation uh, help you with the commemoration of the 1919 pogrom. I think they were going to partake in the candlelighting event that you had last month, February. Yes, it, it was wonderful. I, you know, we saw video of it, and uh, they sent us pictures. It was covered in a local uh, television station. Oh. And it was quite moving to see all these people who showed up and, and had candles lit and, you know, were participating in the service that the priest had put together. And it, it was it was really, it was wonderful. That event took place at the site where the Felstein Society put up a monument to honor the uh, the people who died in the pogrom because there was no monument for them. And then there's an ancient Jewish cemetery right next to that monument. I was there when we dedicated the monument, and we had a very similar turnout of people. I think maybe they had a little bit more at this event. But it's really quite a turnout. It's quite striking to see all these people. It was it was really wonderful. And uh, Father Peter and the principal of the school, Yuri Fedorov, are really very, very um, dedicated to being able to share this story with his parishioners. And they're in the process of translating part of our Yisker book into Ukrainian so that people can uh, read the stories. Wow. And uh, the person who's responsible for the translation of our Yisker book has forwarded to him uh, a series of chapters from the book that he thought would be most appropriate for uh, Father Peter to translate. Wow. So it's, it, this is a really wonderful turn of events as far as I'm concerned. But then getting back to what we were talking about before, 
without money, without an organization behind us, it's a pity because we can't really turn it into something. If I had a staff of people that I could count on to develop a program and bring some kids over here and, you know, establish some kind of a student exchange or some kind of a scholarship program or, you know, some kind of a broader educational effort across Ukraine. And, we're, you know, we're in touch with, uh, like, the Kesher Project. So it's too bad that we can't morph this into something that would really uh, take off. But, you know, we just don't have the resources. You know, I'm just out here practically on my own with a couple of other people who are interested. And, you know, we have our group and there's really nobody else out here remembering this era of history. And it's really too bad. It really is. Well, it is because there's so much we can learn from history. And it looks like we haven't learned too much. So there's there's lots, no, lots more. No, certainly doesn't. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's really, uh, you know, but, pl- putting it mildly. As yeah. But you know what, Al, on the, uh, the flip side of this, it just shows how much you know, one or two, just a few people can do. Because here you are working in New York with a couple of other people, and, you know, you've had to let go a few wonderful people because you've run out of money. But still, there are still core few of you and probably some volunteers. And you've got a whole town, a whole community in Ukraine, Ukrainian people who also didn't know anything about the past, and they're learning and they're commemorating, and they'll tell people, and, and word will eventually get around. And if there it wasn't for the few of you people, all those people, and you know, however many are going to be coming to your event, you know, wouldn't wouldn't know. So you know, at least we can be thankful for the work that you're doing, which is fantastic. All you can do is all you can do, and I would say you're doing quite a lot. I mean, uh, this event was on TV there. And the school is getting involved, so that's huge. And then here as well, um, you've got these events coming up. I guess it's a conference and, and other commemorative events coming up uh, in a month's time. You know, you're right. You do the best you can, that's all. Yeah, and so um, let's just recap again what is going to be coming up in April. Just kind of give us a rundown of uh, what is going to be going on. Well, we're getting... The final details of our uh, event ready. I mean, I was just on the phone with the caterer today, and mm-hmm. uh, and we're getting things set up, and we've got our speakers are all ready, and we're just really trying to stimulate interest and have more people to attend. So can people register online? Yes, people can register online. We're on Eventbrite, okay. and you know, all people have to do is go to Eventbrite and search Felstein. F-E-L-S-H-T-I-N, and the event comes up, and they can go right on the website there and register with a credit card, or they can send us a check directly, and, and we're happy to handle things that way as well. But we're really in pretty good shape. We're having a group called Voicecapes has taken the uh, Yisker book and extracted a portion of it that they are going to present dramatically They're audio actors, and they have created a vignette out of our book, and they're going to do that as our finale, as the final act of our show. Oh. And that should be quite wonderful. It's going to have music and visuals, and uh, it should be uh, really quite a wonderful uh, presentation of uh, the book and of the events of the book. So their uh, aim is to do the one-hour synopsis of, of what the book touches on. 
Wow. In much more detail. And the book is uh, memoirs of people who survived the pogrom in 1918. Yes, yeah. yes. the book is in three parts. It's stories of how people were living in the town before the pogrom, and then it's stories about the pogrom, and then it's stories of how people got to the United States and established themselves and made their lives here. So it's the book is in essentially three parts. Okay. All right, I'm just at, at the site now, and I'm, I'm having a look there. Tickets are 25 to 100, and what is the, um, the difference? Well, some people might just want to see the VoiceScape's presentation after lunch, and so we're making that option available. But the other people will be there for the whole day and, and have lunch with us, so the fee for, for those tickets includes a luncheon. Oh, I see. Okay, so that's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. then on yes. Sunday, April 14th. Yes. Okay, and so you're going to be having, um, starting out with a historical perspective on the pogroms, and that'll be Professor Jeffrey Viedlinger? Viedlinger. Viedlinger from yes. the University yes. of, Mi- of Michigan. And then a tale of two Jewish-Ukrainian brothers, and that will be Mel Werbach. Yes. A Felsteiner? So yes, he is a Felsteiner, and... This is a story about his ancestors, two uh, fellows who became billionaires in, in Ukraine. Wow. And it represents a tremendous amount of research that Mel Werbach did in order to uh, come up with this story. And you've also got another Felstein,er Paulina Lerner. Who, yes, Paulina yeah. was born in Felstein, and she recently went back to, to visit, and she's going to talk about her story of visiting the town you know, what it was like, and she met actually with uh, the principal of the school, and the two of them decided that it would be a wonderful thing for us to be able to have some kind of a an exhibit, a permanent museum exhibit, depicting life in the town before the pogroms, because both the school principal and Father Peter both really thought it would be a wonderful idea if we could help the children and the rest of the townspeople understand what things were like before these tragic circumstances took place. Yeah, that's amazing, too. Yeah, that's amazing. This is another one of those things that, you know, if we had the resources and we could, you know, put it together and hire a museum curator who who could really pursue it, in a way that would really be meaningful to everybody, that would be great. But, yeah. you know, here we are, you know. One step at a time, and, yeah, you never know where it will lead. So, Right. Yeah, see, you're also going to be having um, some information about uh, genealogical research. Uh, we're very fortunate to have a speaker who's the head of Jewish genealogy and uh, is responsible for running the Jewish Genealogy website, and who's at the Museum of Jewish Heritage here in, in the city, and uh, he's a wonderful young fellow, and we're really looking forward to hearing his uh, thoughts about how people can pursue finding out about their roots and giving everybody a, uh, a little bit of stimulus to do their family trees and maybe do their uh, DNA and really dig down. There are things that we we had hoped to do that we won't be able to do just because of resources. Again, uh, we were hoping to be able to create a kind of a mega family tree describing where the families intersected because 
in all these little towns where there were only 12 or 1,500 people, the populations tended to be a lot closer genetically than they are today, and people married their cousins, you know, so the families are all very much intertwined, and we were really hoping to be able to shed some light on, on how the branches crossed, but uh, it doesn't look like we'll be able to get that far at this event. Mm-hmm. Possibly down the road, you know, if we could make this kind of an event sustainable and do it every year or do it every other year or really keep the society more active, then mm. we would be in a much different position to be able to uh, make s- some of these uh, activities uh, sustainable. Yeah. You know, and there are so many things to explore, things like the, the intergenerational PTSD, um, for example, that I've often wondered myself, uh, and you look around all the broken people in the world, and you, if you go back into their family trees and, and what their ancestors suffered and how much of that the, stays in the psyche and gets passed down generations. Well, yes, that was one of the things that unfortunately we had to uh, take off the program because we just couldn't afford it. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, that was a shame. But it's an issue that was raised and an issue that we pursued and we met with the speaker who was going to uh, touch on that subject, who's devoted her life to it and very brilliant woman and uh, it was wonderful for us to be able to have met her. And it's a fascinating concept that, you know, is controversial. It's not uh, something that everybody ascribes to. But it is something that many people feel is very relevant, and we will definitely have it on the agenda going down the road. Right. And has she published anything? Is she online? Can people go online? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. People can go online and, and see her work and have no question about it. What is her name? L. Daniele. How do you spell that? Y Y A E L. Okay. D A N I E L I. Okay. She's a brilliant person and very, very dedicated to this idea. She's a a psychologist, and she actually runs programs that focus on intergenerational communication, and she's really an astounding lady. But the thing that we're really going to try to do, we're going to make some of her uh, information available, and people who may want to be able to follow up with her individually will be able to So even though she won't be speaking directly, we're certainly going to make sure that people understand that as far as we're concerned, she made a a very big contribution to our thinking about the event and about this intergenerational transmission of trauma and things like that. So, you know, she was she was very, uh, very important to us in many ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely an important topic to pursue. And so um, back to your your event in April, you've got a lunch is after the genealogical research part, and then you're going to be looking at the YISCOR book and getting an update on that. So can you give us kind of a sneak preview for those of us who can't make it? <laughs> uh, well, the the, uh, the YISCOR book is one of three. There are many, many other YISCOR books that were written about the Holocaust, but in this era, there were really only three books published, and mm. ours is one of three. One was wow. written in Praskurov, now Kemelnitsky, and it was, and then our book, and then there's one other town that had a book, and the name of that town escapes me at the moment. Uh, so the importance of our book, not only from the point of view of Felstein society and preserving 
that slice of history, but also from the point of view of, of it being a model for Holocaust Yisker books. So uh, it's going to be done. We're in the process of getting it finalized and published, and hopefully uh, we'll have copies available to, to people who want it at the event or soon after. Uh, it's quite a book. It's going to be uh, fully translated and annotated and very readable, and our translator did a, just a, a phenomenal job of, of putting it together and, and working on it. He worked with 10 or 15 different dictionaries because wow. the words, you know, Yiddish is a language that is a kind of a conglomeration of many languages, right. and oftentimes uh, you're trying to translate the text and you come up with a word that sounds like it's Russian or it sounds like it's Ukrainian or it sounds like <laughs> it's Hebrew. So he had tons of uh, dictionaries that he used on a regular basis to be able to uh, get the best possible translation that we could have. So uh, lots on your plate still. You've got a month to go before the event. So good luck with that. And Thank you very much. And thank you for sharing your story, Alan. And it's, it's wonderful to make contact with you. I'm so glad that we did. I've, I've learned so much myself. And hopefully my listeners have as well. And um, again, thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for all this good work you do. Best, of, uh, uh, best wishes for a very successful conference uh, next month. And uh, with all the, the YISCOR and all the other projects. Thank you so much. I re we really appreciate your support and your interest and your curiosity and giving us the opportunity to uh, let people know about what we're doing and how it's going. It's been a tremendous boost to us to know that somebody's out there who really uh, is concerned about this stage of history and, and, and what happened and what's happening with it now. Well, well, all the best to you. Thanks so much, Bullet. Okay, thank you, Alan. Thank you. Bye-bye. I've been speaking with Alan Bernstein, president of the Felstein Society in New York. If you are in New York or able to travel there and would like to register for their upcoming commemorative event, please visit their website, www.felstein.org. You can also find detailed information there about this society, which dates back to 1905. Links to audio archives and transcripts of our earlier interviews with Alan Bernstein can be found at our website, www.nasholos.com. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina, producer and host. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Shalom. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, based in Toronto, Ontario. To find out more about their work, visit their website and follow them on Facebook and Twitter. Transcripts and audio files of this and earlier broadcasts of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage are available at their website, ukrainianjewishencounter.org, as well as at the Nasholos website, www.nasholos.com. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. 
It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.